Welcome to the NR Experience, a podcast wherein we talk about anything and everything in our experience. experience. My name is Nathania, and I'm Regis. And today we talk about navigating our professional careers. What role does passion and calling play in our jobs? Is the company your family? And how can we set healthy boundaries at work? For today's episode, I think it would be interesting to talk about work, just because it's just something everyone does these days. Yeah, it's it's an in- inevitable in life. You know, we grow up uh, studying, taking all these uh, courses uh, to end up working in the future. So nowadays, you have to have a career. Like n- nobody just takes on a set of random jobs. It's always like a career progression wherein. Yeah you take this role and then the next thing you're a manager and so on. So it's always like a very hierarchical or yeah, ladder yeah. level of growth. Definitely. And in, in terms of growth, mm-hmm. um, it's hierarchical even, you know, in, in the smallest companies. So mm-hmm. I think to, to start off, um, there's this cute question that I'd like uh, to know about you and yeah. maybe our viewers or listeners can share as well. What did you want to be growing up? Like that one day you woke up as a kid and you were like, I want to be yeah. I mean, this person. I've, I've gone through a lot of different sort of, you know, those phases when you're a kid, you say, I want to be this, that. I, I know I've said I wanted to be a gardener okay. I, because I love flowers and until now I do. I said at some point I wanted to be a veterinarian. Okay. Healing ko sa hayop. Yeah. Um, that's translated into she likes animals. <laughs> um, Mammals. So, so the beasts, right? Yes, the, the beasts, beasts. The beasts. Um, so there's also the veterinarian. Interestingly now, now that I'm an academic and I'll talk about that later, um, when people ask her I've always wanted to be a teacher, I, didn't, I don't remember at any point saying that. But okay. apparently in kindergarten, um, my my our, my teacher called me the little assistant because mm-hmm. what I would do in class was I would walk around the classroom and you know supervise the other little kids. <laughs> she was she was she's basically saying she was a manager. Yeah, um, uh, like yeah. the the micromanager. You're, you're a manager. Yeah, so that whole micromanaging of me being um, with the with the students, looking at their work and telling them, oh, this is you know you're correct or something. I was like. Why was I doing that? How, as how like, did you learn to become a manager? That was four years at, old. Like four, four years year old. old. Like yeah. me, me not minding my work, me getting in other people's business. That was me as a kid. Why? Why? Why do you think that manifested at that I, I age? Think maybe I thought that I wanted to help. I think I saw that the teacher was doing it, so it was kind of like a mimicking yeah, what like the a, adults yeah, were kind doing. Of, kind yeah. of a role play. But that that was interesting. Just that they called me little teacher because I was supervising yeah. the other kids in the classroom. I I, I mean yeah to to talk. About about childhood as well. Mm. I very distinctly remember that you know the professions yeah. were quite limited, of yeah. course, for for um, you know young children. Yeah. And in my case, I wanted to be a driver. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I wanted to drive. I I think I just had the fascination with cars because it could take me from point A to point yeah. B. Um, you know the agency that. Uh, you're given at least in our context in the Philippines. And I guess growing up as a boy, there's yes. the whole machine exactly, and exactly. that relationship. And no, um, and really cool stuff because a lot of my nightmares and best dreams <laughs> yeah. have involved um, me operating a car, like a vehicle. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what that means, but yeah, I, growing up, I wanted to be a driver. Okay. Um, but uh, another thing I wanted to be when I uh, when I was younger was to be president of the Philippines. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm so not surprised this isn't all. this isn't a joke. Um, yeah. Everybody from preschool to every to people who were in business school. In, were there any awards like you're most likely to be president one day? Did you? Ever I mean, get that? no, but I did get leadership awards. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, an indication was the fact that I. You know, whether in a personal or in a professional context, I've been able to nurture relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that has played a role into this idea because at least from what I see or what I learned growing up, um, you know, that when you're president, you have to be able to talk to so many people. Mm -hmm. um, you have to understand so many different varying viewpoints and all of them, uh, you know, hold truth and yeah. have value. And you were very aware of those skills as a kid that you had. Uh, yeah. like, no, I, <laughs> you I, had that self-awareness. Yes, I, I had that self-awareness and I am very proud about that. That's something I mm -hmm. do till this day. Like I talk to anyone. Okay. Um, sometimes I, I, I think it's polarizing because I'm a little bit too chatty for some people, especially if they're not used to the kind of person, yeah. but you know, as you know, the both of us were quite chatty and, exactly. and that's the reason why we clicked in the first place. Why we have a podcast. So yeah, this, why, is, this is why you guys are listening to us right now. Exactly, right? why the podcast <laughs> even began. So yeah. um, what's interesting is that you shared with me that, well, there was a time that you did want to become a teacher, but you didn't think it was a profession that yeah. you'd end up in. You know, because I was in the business school. So all I knew in my, my whole life was business and make money. So again, very Filipino-Chinese in my background. I was always such a natural entrepreneur growing up that in the first grade, I had this tic-tac-toe bag and I would charge the other kids in my class like 10 pesos to play one round. And then I was sitting there, I'm like capitalist as fuck, like sitting there <laughs> co collecting 10 she, pesos every time that yes. they were, they like, were getting yeah, it. Yeah. And, you, and you were basically yeah. what? Uh, not even seven a teenager. Years old, seven not, years old. So I was collecting not that. Not even a teenager. And you know, I remember spending the money on buying more food during yeah. recess and lunch. So Hey, but hey, <laughs> yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, this yeah. We're going to talk about hustle culture probably eventually, yeah, yeah. but I think that's an example of I of hustled hustle as a culture. first grader, like for my mangoes um, ago. <laughs> and the thing is, on my end, it, and I've shared this with you in the past, like my family dynamic, my dynamic wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. um, I never really thought I had an entrepreneurial bone in my body. Okay. I never saw my close relatives doing any form of business, whether it's mm -hmm. big business or small business. So I... Uh, I'm really lost when it comes to these things, like yeah. how I'm able to make money for yeah. myself, how I can sell a service yeah. or sell a no, product. I, I think it was so funny for me as a kid to spot these opportunities. Another one yes, was... because I never thought don't, about You don't them. see as a money as to put I, a profit, a padding of yes. profit. So for example, like, another I, I thing... I didn't know margin when I was seven. <laughs> I knew margins very well early on. Another story was when right outside of, of, of my grade school, wherein it was funny because in my school, um, people have two layers of access to getting out at, at the end of the day. Okay. So my ID was an orange ID, meaning I could go out and buy things already by the end of the day. And some kids didn't. And I thought there were two there were two people there were two old ladies near my She school. found the white space opportunity. Uh, they were selling toys. So they were selling toys and small snacks. And I saw some of my classmates don't have Wait, access sorry, to that. How old were you at that time now? Maybe 10. Okay, like, yeah, still, so again, not three even a, years not, experience in business. Not even a teenager. So <laughs> I was padding three, my resume yeah. there, okay, right? Okay. So 
I would buy things outside. So, for example, if something costs 20 pesos, I would sell it to my classmates for 30 pesos. Okay. Just because they didn't have access. A simple markup. So, so my okay. markup was me accessing, buying, yes. use again, capital of yeah. me taking my allowance, buying things back and forth, yeah. and then basically as a middleman. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like a money hack. Yeah. Like, yeah. like this is me getting more allowance because I have yeah. access to that. And uh, that's super cool because, I mean, of course, you find yourself in the intersection between uh, business mm -hmm. um, and academia. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get confused by that because um, people don't think that business and academia mix together. Yeah, that and, there is an actual management researcher. Yes, yeah. and aside from that, uh, for many people who don't know as well, business and academia are really actually tied together more than yeah. people think. Yeah, because, there's, because it's a, there is a science to management. There are, you know, a whole... A whole, there are whole institutions developed uh, and, and devoted to developing all this research on how can we be better, you know, people managers, how do we organ run an organization, how is it set up. So yeah. we're, in management at least, we're very close to sociology still. Yeah. So I consider myself an organization, uh, organizational scholar. Yeah, so this yeah. is what you're, you're doing now, right? Yeah, that's yeah what exactly. I, I'm interested in not just like businesses and management and people. Uh, but more broadly, people and organizations okay. and how society sort of set up yeah. around that. Yeah. And and how has it been for you? Um, maybe there, you know, maybe there are people listening that are kind of thinking yeah, of doing like how something. Yeah, how to get into yeah. management academia. So, um, so again, my business background. There's for that one side. But how? I, again, I never thought I would end up teaching. But in university, you know, the whole terror profs, legend profs, that culture that we had in our school. Um, I. I remember I took a lot of the hardest profs because they were great people. Uh, yeah. They were they were good in in the way they explain things in class, and I I love I love she seeing loved... them as public intellectuals. Yeah, and of course you know you as uh, somebody who is academically a high achiever, you wanted to challenge yourself. I, I, I exactly. So I had that experience, and I had such great experiences with these professors. Um, one of them, um, Sir <laughs> Sir Eddie Boy Colasans, and I talk a, a little bit about this in my TEDx talk plug. <laughs> you guys can listen yes. to that as well. You can hear my voice in multiple platforms. But um, long story short, in one day in class, he asked for my opinion. Um, he didn't ask me the question. My my classmate answers a question, and he asked me, "Grade your classmate's yeah. answer." Um, and for context, especially with legendary professors in Ateneo when it comes to theology and philosophy, mm -hmm. when your opinion is asked, um, that means the professor is actually interested in what you have to say. And you have to speak on and the you, spot. And, yeah. and you have to speak on it. Um, and of course, if it's bad, then maybe your classmates will get a laugh. And it, yeah. if it's good, then you'll get a knowing nod. There was the whole grilling in front yes, of people. Exactly. So I was called and then, you know, I stood up and I said, okay, I rate my classmates' answer, I don't know, I think I said a C plus, a C plus B, and I explained for the reasons. I wasn't even, like, I didn't even know how to answer that question because it was a deep philosophical question. Do and you remember the question? So this was on philosophy of religion. Um, and exactly, so, you know, about believing in God, Ooh. existentialism. And, you know, my classmate was the one who was answering things, but I said something like, Oh, his answer is lacking in these certain elements, but it has this, you know, he explains this very well. And, you know, Sir Eddie Boy looks at me and he goes, Sharp, like, you could be a teacher. I was like, that was my first, like, wait a minute, yeah. you know, what do you mean I can see things a certain yeah. way? Like, I can evaluate someone's learning on yes. the spot. And I think that slowly opened up the possibility for me because I realized, 
the people I looked up to the most were teachers. Okay. So everyone who was really great at understanding um, a lesson and explaining it to people, I had so much respect for them and as the roles as sort of educators and as intellectuals as well. So that shaped So me. that's how you that ended up. That was how up, I ended up, yeah. Uh, where you were. Yeah. Well, um, I, I guess I, I'd like to talk about career decisions as well since... Mm. Um, there's, you know, because you've taken like a, so many different roles, like you <laughs> new beginnings, yeah, new beginnings chapter one, two, three, again and again, version two point oh. I would say pivots. There have been many pivots in my life. Mm. I I think I go uh, in three hundred sixty degrees yeah. <laughs> around the world. Uh, yeah. This is the uh, wrong episode. Around this is the, the wrong world. episode. Yeah. This is supposed yeah. to be around the world, but um, no. So career decisions. Um, Again, we see a lot of content online, like mm. what's a good decision, what's a bad decision. Mm. I think it's cool now that HR people and, you know, people who work in companies are saying, I'm an HR professional. Here's how to, you know, uh, develop better relationships at mm -hmm. work. Here's, here are mechanisms to, you know, make you more efficient, etc., uh, etc. But um, I think an important takeaway with all of my pivots uh, to be honest, most of the things that I had to do differently or to mm -hmm. try, I had to fail at something. Yeah, so you've done your, your background in undergrad was... Okay, so yeah, uh, I did diplomacy in international relations um, under the political science department. Mm -hmm. I had a specialization in East and Southeast Asian studies. I mean, basically, the program was designed to create diplomats, uh, okay. you know, to, to create people who would either serve in international, yeah. intergovernmental... Yeah. Or uh, government. And, and this is your, your Tumblr, Dapper Dapper Diplomat. <laughs> oh, that's a plug. That's a deep cut. Your, your, um, your dreams. Pe yeah, yeah. Pe people don't know this. But okay, I digress a little bit. Yeah. But since we're talking of career anyway, the reason for Dapper Diplomat was I saved it because one day I thought I could be using it mm -hmm. um, since I felt like there was an opportunity to have more sartorial sensibilities oh, as a diplomat. Okay. Because I don't think, uh, you know, many people really do that. And yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of this Instagram, but I, I don't recall the user. But she, I think, is the wife of a diplomat. Mm -hmm. And her content is basically, what is it like being the wife of the diplomat? And I, th I thought to myself then, okay, maybe let's do that for a diplomat mm -hmm. in the event that I get to dress up well yeah. and, uh, and, be and, and become a diplomat. So, it's like you were thinking of fashion influencing before. Yeah, it, it, it kind I, I love of, intersectionality. No, 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 kind of, but just more of a... I, I think this also speaks of my um, fascination for the Kennedy family, yeah. and John F. Kennedy and their mm. family as an institution. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm completely aware that, you know, um, th there is more... There. We were saying politics yeah. aside, yeah, but po how they presented yeah, themselves. politics aside. They slayed. Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, my... Again, we're, we're going to touch into fashion here, but I remember uh, the first, I ha had a pair of Oleg Cassini loafers mm. that I was so happy with that I asked my mother to buy me in high school mm -hmm. because Oleg Cassini was the designer of John F. Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy. Oh. So all the clothes that mostly JFK was wearing, the shoes and the ties were Oleg Cassini. Um, but again, anyway, I digress. So I, you had that sort I had of that political, phase. political, I, I had um, that international phase. relations. Yes, and then um, law school, of course, for a year happened. Um, I learned a lot from there, but it also didn't work out. I ended up in the business school. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because you and I could were so similar, but I think uh, when we were younger, we were so different in this way. Yeah. 
I had no, again, no entrepreneurial bone in my body. I didn't know that I could sell anything and make money <laughs> off of it. Um, yeah. I think the closest thing I had to that, which is a very closely tied Filipino experience, was like taking out the white hair of my siblings. Oh, yeah, and then they pay getting you a piece like, or, yeah, yeah, getting paid like a coin, like yeah. not even a euro for... Yeah. for Plucking, yeah, same, for plucking that. Uh, that was <laughs> like the only business um, that I knew. So it's definitely been eye-opening to say mm-hmm. the least because I'm the kind of person that likes to learn and learn and learn. And this is what we have in common, like you and I have in mm. common as well, is we're just out there looking for new knowledge every yeah. day. So I think that's what ties our um working personas mm, yeah. together like our us in like our career level or trajectory having heard you know the different steps that you've taken in your career do you feel like what you're doing is a calling like what are your thoughts and you know your your personal reflection on the whole idea of career and our jobs as a calling um the First realization I had of that was when I was working for business development for a travel magazine Mm -hmm. um, in Southeast Asia. And the job was so good. It it gave me good vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why it gave me good vibes was we were a travel magazine and we were helping people fulfill their dreams, Mm -hmm. you know, to make travel happen. That was the tagline. Let's let's plug Tripzilla here because Mm -hmm. I I love them and I miss them so much. Mm -hmm. But I felt like that was my calling. Yeah. Like, wow, you know, if if somebody sees this Instagram post or this article that our writers wrote saying that, you know, Vienna is the next beautiful destination or that um, Palawan is a site to behold Mm -hmm. and people are happy because of that, Mm -hmm. like, I'm more than willing to be... Uh, a part of that, like yeah. I would say, but of course, having moved abroad, um, I now have a greater understanding of what it means to be a nomad. Okay. Uh, I think when we were tied to back home or we had no idea about where we would be, um, there were so many limitations and that was it. But mm-hmm. right now, I don't necessarily... I, I, I think my calling is um, first and foremost, personally, to make people happy. Okay. Um, to make people as um, ac- accommodated, to make people feel accommodated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think then, if that is my calling, then I'd want to be in careers or in roles where I can be able to do that. Yeah, because that sounds very industry transcending. Yes. Like it's beyond. So... It's, it's a soft skill. Yeah. It's yeah. a soft skill. Um, I, I, well, and hello to the job market out there, but I, I, I am a firm believer in soft skills. Yeah. Because they're, um, as you said, they transcend professions. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you're an empath, then you can be a teacher who can yeah. truly understand what uh, the students do not understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's interesting with what you mentioned, with your sense of calling, is how you're, you're in service of other people. Like, yes. you feel like that's a core thing. Yes, and, yes, definitely. And, and how we've understood calling. So my research has touched a little bit on, on calling and purpose and passion. Yeah. A little bit about that, because... Um, I'm interested in understanding how work lives, yeah. you know, happen. Um, and, you know, the, what, an interesting thing is the way we understood calling over history has changed so much. Oh, yes. So apparently in the ancient Greeks, 
they understood calling uh, calling as no sort of work life work is a curse from god yeah that you instead of doing other pursuits like yes. um because more you're, artistic you're more set thing, with the worldly pursuit of yeah. you know more capital more food, producing, pr- producing production yeah. exactly so that it was seen as a curse from god but slowly over time in history i think it was like sort of the Protestant Reformation. It started era. to turn into a blessing, or um, more of calling as um, as a duty. Okay. So uh, si- similar to what you said, in service of other people, that my calling to please God, I will do what it takes to please God, and that is by serving my society. Yeah. So now work had to have that element of me um, helping society yes. out, and I think that's a, that's a bit closer to that. Um, and that that's sense wh- of duty and sacrifice. And, and that's where your, um, you know, studies actually really touch, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that, you know, you look for organizations um, and what their values are and what they actually mean. Like, mm-hmm. are these values true? Are they untrue? Why are you doing things? What are, you know? where, where are the gaps? And I, yeah. I think, I don't know if this is me nerding out, but I want you to share maybe just a little bit. You don't have to name drop, but yeah. w- w- what's it like in the org theory sphere right now? What are people saying about organizations, especially? I mean, so the thing is with calling, for example. Um, so you have that one side wherein it's a service and it's a duty, you know. And on the other side, what we're seeing nowadays is people looking as calling more in a, I guess, internal way. Yeah. So it's like they see it as a passion. Yes. That's the other side of it. So now we've gone from. Um, one sided, it's a duty, it's service. Now people are talking about self actualization, yes. right? Like, I want to do, I want my certain skills realized. I want, uh, I'm passionate about hobbies and interests, and I want to make it into my life, yeah. life work, and so on. And people are, I guess, I, going back to a more romantic view of calling. So yeah. that has what has changed um, around, I guess, over yeah. time with how we understand our relationship with work. I, I, it's interesting, like the both, right? We're, we're both, I, I kind of see my calling as an educator. Is I want to help out because this is what I feel like God-given talents. Like these are what I'm good at. You know how yeah, the, like what you, the circles, what... the three circles where you're happiest, where you're purpose your what you're interested in okay. what makes money what's what this makes the, ja- the japanese yeah, ikigai. Ikigai, ikigai, yes. right the concept of ikigai i mean of course there are so many interpretations of that nowadays but yeah i think having that balance is so important because work is work that yeah. we yes you don't okay for for everybody listening you don't have to love, love your, your I, job i agree with that yeah you don't have to. you don't have to it it's something that can serve your sustenance yeah. and Be- it's because for example, no kid grows up going, I want to be an SAAS provider. Yeah, like, yeah no, exactly. <laughs> I want to be a product manager I of mean, a startup, lean startup no, or when I, mean, I grow I, up, right? Maybe, no, one, no kid says that. Maybe when you grow up in Silicon Valley, yeah, that happens. Like, that, right? At two years old, I want to be a SaaS developer. <laughs> yeah, I want to be. Like, I want to I wanna revolutionize and democratize the tech space. I, like. I, I want, exactly. So, you know, how kids understand problems. <laughs> For us, right? You yeah. wanted to drive. Because I wanted saw, to drive, yeah. You wanted to operate and again, machinery. And again, the professions when we were younger, it was lawyer, doctor, engineer, uh, flight attendant, yeah. pilot. And then we're re- how many of our friends are actually that? Not a lot. Yeah. It's like so much more varied. You have the product managers, yes, you have the exactly. financial analysts, you know, all these things. No, no kid ever thought of that. But yeah. in a way, a lot of these jobs make the world go round. I mean, of course, we can argue now about like the Silicon Valley people and, and the capitalists who yeah. basically cause the world destruction. Yeah. But uh, society just has so many roles to be f- yeah. fulfilled. And there's actually um, 
a book by David Grabner, Gra- David Grabner, mm-hmm. um, on bullshit jobs. So yeah, okay. Wait, yes. Yeah. I think uh, I I've been able to hear about that. So I downloaded this app where I can kind of it's basically Spark Notes, mm-hmm. but ah, you pay yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So, so, so the complete thoughts. Yeah, yeah, and basically that guy says. There are so much shit jobs right now. That's true. Uh, bullshit jobs because in order for economies to be more productive, there needs to be output. Yeah. And because there is no more output in terms of the analog or manufacturing you create, industries, yeah, you create these the bullshit jobs. jobs like, so that there is a sense of output. That's true. Exactly. exactly. And... Um, I mean, ChatGPT is revolutionizing that. It's pointing out how many um, how many things can be automated. They're saying that you know, lawyers, medical professions. It's now able to beat the entrance exams, yeah. right? It's able yes, to yes. get into it because again, what kind of citizens are we training or we yeah. educating? Yeah. They're just gonna end up memorizing. So. Um, there's a joke now. What will the lawyers and doctors look like in 10 years from now? Because it was ChatGPT who reviewed for them. Like who oh was answering God. their papers yeah, and homework. Yeah. On the other hand, as well, I mean, I I do see it as democratization of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, still, and of course, it may be controversial. The potential loss of jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Because who's gonna suffer? The global south, yeah. right? It's because, for example, Manila has or software been, developers. You know? Like we've been trained to be a business process outsourcing, right? Yeah. Like we're we're call center, um, we're call center Co- uh, capital. Capital, uh, yeah. well, no, no longer because no India, longer, exactly, yeah. But India and the Philippines, where low, uh, you know, the labor costs are much. Uh, cheaper, their overhead is much cheaper, so these jobs are outsourced to, yeah. uh, um, you know, these countries. We're at the mercy of the, yeah. the rapid rise of technology. Yes. And is this really then economic development, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or is this, uh, y- you know, just a way to reduce yeah. that overhead to have more impact for your and, and shareholders? And talking about dignified labor, like, I mean, that's the thing, there can be feelings of, in, in like, um, not treated with respect and dignity on these lower lower end jobs. I only say that because of the hierarchy of the society that yeah. you put it. But we're realizing now in both our experiences, even as you climb the ladder, there's still a lot of indignity that you yeah, feel. Yes, yeah, yes, of course. And um, how much of a stomach do you have? Yes, for and this? with yeah. where we are now, I I completely understand the decisions of other people to go that route. Yeah. Because if if it works for them, it works for them. Yeah. No, I mean, my experience, because before I got into academia, um, I was in corporate marketing. Oh, for yeah. A li- I had I, a little so stint. I was going to ask about a bullshit job. Yeah. Like, did you ever have a bullshit I'm job? I'm not going to say it's yeah. a bullshit job. But I mean, I was, I, what I was doing back then was I was trying to, I think it was a campaign for sanitary napkins. So yeah. Because it was a fast food moving consumer goods company. Major so a, bi- a big one, a right? A big one, yeah. one of the big ones. We're not right? going to drop it because we don't want the lawsuit. <laughs> lawyers are not bullshit jobs. Yes, yes. Gonna save no, my yes, ass. lawyers are not. And we have lawyers on contact. We yeah. have our friends. Yeah, so. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I. So, said big company. Yeah, so said. It was an opportunity. Like, I really felt of like I hit the job wait, the jackpot. Because at the time. I remember here, you were in university, so you were quite young. How old were you then? I was third year university. I mean, it was a prestigious. How old were you? This was 17 or 18. No, 20, 20. So imagine you being 20 years old, yeah, right? Years and then just saying, hey, guess what? Here's an internship for one of the biggest exactly. companies like, it in was, the world. It was so prestigious. And this is. Again, talking to, about my TEDx talk, no, but yeah. I mentioned it there where um, 
it was such a it was it was such an experience for me to have that fantasy crumble in so quick yeah. of a time. Like I thought I wanted to be this corporate girl boss. I, I it, thought it was so my dream. too. I like, thought so I felt too. like I could navigate a very male-dominated corporate space. I could be such a boss, girl boss my way into Break it. Break the glass ceiling. Break the glass ceiling. Bring in my ideas. I brought my ideas and they weren't great. Or at <laughs> least they didn't think yeah. they were great, right? Yeah. And I just felt like I was not a fit for the corporate yeah. world. Like the corporate world operates in such a different way as compared to... I mean, of course, there are some similarities with management academia because a lot of people come from corporate. But I, w- I just said, I just told myself, I can't play this game. Yeah. I, and I, I pissed off my parents by telling them that, that of, I don't want to no, go Of course, your parents would be pissed. Again, avoiding the lawsuit, but it is a very big company. Yeah, and, the um, opportunities yeah, and were there. Of course, in capitalist economies, uh, when you work for a conglomerate, then you're set for life. Then yeah. you can buy a car, retire, exactly. all the, of The these. traditional way of yes. thinking of what your good life is. And um, to, to, to talk about that, Point because the generation of our parents and our yeah. grandparents, these were people post war. They stuck in the same job yes, for years because they needed that security. Yeah. Since it was such a volatile time, mm-hmm. um, and it's crazy to me that there are people, there are people older than us who have served these companies. 30, 40, 50, The, the whole Lifetime 60, Service Awards, we're years. not seeing that in our generation. No, not at no. all. And what I love about uh, our generation, the millennials, and what I love about uh, Gen Z mm-hmm. is, I think there's also a lot of movement in terms of what can and cannot be done. I do appreciate that people now can kind of find their own way professionally mm-hmm. because of the internet. Um, I oh, know, that's true. You can learn any skill um, so easily. Oh, there are a ton of videos on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram about how to sew, mm-hmm. about how to code. I mean, if anybody wants to learn Python or, yeah. or anything like that, it's all no, out or there. Or ChatGPT could do yes. it for you. Or yeah. ChatGPT could do it for you. So yeah. that's definitely uh, one of the more, I, I would say, the more positive um, outlooks or perspectives from... Uh, where we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for you, now that, okay, we're talking about how the landscape is changing. When you look at how your career has gone so far, what are some sort of regrets? What are things you would have wanted to do differently? Or what do you think were also the good lessons? Okay. Um, for me, the first regret, uh, I would say, was that I... I was very naive um, in my early years of my career, in the early years of my career rather, because I, I'm generally a friendly person. Mm-hmm. You know this. I'm a friendly person. I'm very outgoing. I don't think about other people's ill intent. I never think that people around me have any ill intent towards that anybody or toward me. They could me. manipulate that you. They could, that they could mm-hmm. manipulate me. So um, that bit me in the ass several times, you know, where I... Uh, in workplace situations, I was completely nice. I was doing everything right. And I, I was seeing it through rose-colored glasses because I always try to see you the good in people. You worked with the best intentions. They didn't. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was particularly like a, a bad... Uh, well, it was a good thing to learn because now I'm a lot more stern and you're able to help me out on this like, authoritative when it comes to, you know really showing um, employers, future employers, my value, making Mm -hmm. me realize my own value Mm -hmm. uh, as well. Um, So 
Uh, another th- uh, another good lesson, I would say. Was it was it lesson aside from yeah, regret? Yeah, things. Yeah, the, both the good and the bad from what you've picked up after X years yeah. of working so far. Um, the good is I think I've started to learn that I've started to learn to navigate workplace relationships. Mm. I think because I always had a structure in which it was quite egalitarian. So uh, it uh, it was never really a hierarchical concept for me. Like my dad was my dad and my mom was my mom. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, even though they were adults, I could talk to them like I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, that that isn't to say that I was rude to them, mm-hmm. but I didn't have that. Oh, someone is above me. Okay. There is a boss. Yeah. And um, early in my career, I didn't understand that. So I talked to bosses, managers, and CEOs oh, wow. the same way yeah, I would talk to no. my colleagues at work it's or so, my classmates. It's so the opposite of my experience because. Um, in academia, it's so hierarchical. Like, you know, you start as a, a PhD student, postdoc, assistant prof, so on. Like, they want to say that it's equal and they want to say that, um, no, please call me by my first name and But so there's on. clearly... But there are clear, exa- clearly exactly, a like demarcation. The, the, the pay and everything, the the lack of, uh, I guess, the levels of precarity as you go along that, that hierarchy. And for me... I always, like, it, it's funny because the boss is sort of the supervisors I've yeah. had. I love calling them boss. Hey, boss. Like, boss yeah. as a, as a endear, term of Sorry, endearment. Yeah. I, 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 I have to interject because minions. Like, you and I, we were never going to make a podcast without mentioning the minions. minions. Yeah. Like, Shout out. <laughs> To them because we love them. They are a symbol of the proletariat. <laughs> and but but we love them and and they're so cute and. And. <laughs> but yes, minions. Minions. So I in a way, I have like. So you you're like boss, boss, boss. boss. Exactly, I want exactly. I, I want to find a boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I was always looking for that mentor figure, and I did love that. And I was so lucky throughout my academic career to always to have, have such that. a good boss. So, no, um, and especially, let's just be clear to our viewers, mm-hmm. the nature of your role in academia, especially as a person of color and a woman, yeah. um, it, it's really tough. I need someone looking out for yes, me in uh, this world. You need yeah. guidance. You need someone to vouch for yeah. you. Um, like I would not have done this all alone. And therefore, for me... Even entering, uh, I knew that it would be difficult for me because of, you know, um, my, my identity and so on. But more than that, I think what was so great is that I was willing to do whatever project as long as it was with the right person. Yeah. So I was more, what matters to me at work more is a boss rather than the research topic. Like I would be open yeah, to I, answering I, different like things you'd, and doing you'd, different methods. Exactly. Like you'd prefer great guidance and mentorship over like a topic that you do from head to toe. Exactly. So I was more open because I value that collegial relationship, yeah. that partnership that you have in yeah. working because it's such a it's such a intellectual yeah. work that you're constantly thinking and therefore I want a collaborator who will guide me through that process. That, that's kind of what I, I've struggled with um, early in my career when it came to the hierarchy because I long for a working relationship like yours mm-hmm. but in systems wherein um, it's very clearly hierarchical. Yeah, you can't, you know, you can't collaborate with your... Yeah. I don't think I can collaborate with my boss former future bosses yeah. the way you can collaborate no, exactly. with so that's bosses. what I love about academia is my colleagues are not from the same university like I will partner from someone halfway around this world yeah. and we're working on this research project and so on because again we're both in it for the intellectual pursuit and of course the publication yeah. so but that's so different about my nature of work that even if there are business school rankings yeah 
I don't see them as some enemy or yeah. someone I have to beat. No, it's like somebody that you should get in touch with exactly. because you're in the same field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the misunderstanding sometimes of the business school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to BS. Of course, business schools are expensive because you pay for the network that comes yeah. with it. Um, but be that as it may, uh, I don't necessarily see that network as dollar signs or euro signs. I see that network as, you know, people. It's, it's a fulfilling thing exactly. to relate and, with these people. And it goes back to this inner calling of mine mm-hmm. the, to be in service of people. Um, and, you know, not, uh, not uh, directly construed as public service, but literally mm-hmm. just being a kind person, being, mm-hmm. being a good person, mm-hmm. asking people how they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there doesn't need to be any exchange. That's, mm-hmm. that's something I've learned. So, are, are, I'm, I guess what I'm thinking about now is, is service your passion? Like, how about now the idea of us being passionate about our jobs? Because earlier we said, you don't have to love your job. Yeah. But there is the other side of it, of people being very passionate and giving their all to yes. a job. How do we navigate these boundaries? Like, mm. what, what's a healthy way of saying, I love my job, but it's not who I am? I think... Because honestly, I make being an academic my personality. Like that. And, is, and no, and it's it is fine my, it is because I professions, I mean, roboticize your life, smell some flowers, have a picnic with your friends, drink a little bit with people, go out on a date if you're single. Mm-hmm. There's more to life than work. I think there's I've, a lot there's more. There's a lot more. To I think life. I'm very, very glad that, you know, despite. Britney Spears say, you better work, bitch. Yeah. Like, we will because we do want, you know, we need money yes. to make, to build our lives and so on. We have certain yes. goals. But now I'm realizing what's the trade-off of, like, having weekends. You know, um, for me, life as a concept, life is work. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's true it, as well. it, We don't get paid for life. Mm-hmm. But it's work. We put in the work in, within our lives. We put in the work in our relationships, within ourselves, how to get better. So I really feel, of course, that there's importance um, into taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and really making time for pursuits that aren't necessarily related or tied to your job or mm-hmm. profession. I think what, what that now, since you've mentioned that everything else in work is also life, um, I think now, now I'm realizing what matters for me is a consistency across my career, my relationships, that things can support each other. Yes. That, for example, I can bring my research to you and you'd yeah. find it cool and interesting that I can talk about it at the end of the day. Um, and it also supports how my lifestyle yes. is. So I think ultimately, yeah. I, don't, I don't want balance. I want sort of a consistency. Or like a or harmony. Like a, a, a harmony, harmony exactly. Yes. Of, of the, pieces, harmony. the pieces fitting together. Yes. Mm-hmm. What we've learned from our, from our discussion yeah. today is there are so many different ways of viewing that work yes. relationship. And, and passion doesn't always have to mean... Like, it doesn't have to be love that is unreciprocated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the important thing to know is that, again, these are legal entities. Yeah. Um, these are companies, these are businesses. And they're bound to stakeholders and shareholders. Exactly. Like they're bound to those things. And w- whether they have stakeholders or not, at the end of the day, it's profit. Look, if it's not your business, your own business... And we're seeing that with the tech layoffs yeah. now. Like, like, we're seeing people getting laid off. They're doing the best, they're, you know, they're, they're great They're doing everything that they can, but they're just being laid off. Um, if it's not your own personal business or job... Uh, you don't have to love it. Look out for yourself. Yeah. I think in in a world wherein you're you're just this number, um, I, we're we're seeing obviously the increase. Seeing um, I don't know, like we're, 
people as numbers in the society. Yeah. Statistics. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're just statistics and therefore for you to get agency, um, resist against that. Yeah, um, tune out. Yeah. Like really, tune out sometimes. No, really, like... I think the pandemic forced us to think, what is the role of Wait, okay, life? so we, we are extending this podcast and we will suffer in post prom. <laughs> but I was gonna say the same yeah. thing a while ago. Yeah. Uh, the pandemic really appended all of our lives. Yeah. And that's why this discussion on bullshit jobs began. Because mm. it's like, during that time, I had a bullshit job. No, I mean, for example, the first few months of lockdown and things weren't happening, we realized the world can move on. People people will still continue living and the, if I stop doing my job. So why and are the we doing idea, it in the first place? And, and the idea of classifying workers as essential. So yeah. who was essential? Of oh, course, so doctors, true. nurses, yeah. um, certain industries that you know needed to bring food. Mm -hmm. um, and then the rest that were non-essential yeah. that needed there, to be performed at home. There's this meme of like, this guy in a hot dog costume and it, the caption is, how the fuck am I an essential worker? Yeah, exactly. Well, food. <laughs> yeah, no, so but, in, like, you know, those people yeah, outside the like restaurant. The, yeah, exactly. Tossing the... Gosh, so, you know, it is what is essential in this daily life and it turns out it's the people we don't pay enough. Yeah. So, big salute to all the manual labor and the important people that, oh, yeah, fuck that yes. run this world, not... Yeah, like the ones that drive your trains, drive the buses. Exactly. Sell... And, and we're seeing the strikes now, yes. right? The strikes because yeah. workers are taking... In, in a system that has been built for them to be at a disadvantage, mm -hmm. I think we owe it to them mm -hmm. and to ourselves to... Mm -hmm support what they're going yeah. through and truly understand where this is coming from. Yeah, where the who holds the power, yeah. how it's um, wielded against yeah. which groups of people. Yes, we just have to be proactive in, um, you know, echoing and making those voices heard. I think let us know what you think on how do you work out your life yes. and your career and your calling. Is it passion? Is it bullshit? Yeah, and share us, share us your thoughts and definitely we can also talk more uh, career yeah. in the coming episodes. Thanks for tuning in to the NR Experience. Let us know what you think on our Instagram account at nr.experience. This has been Nathaniel Regis and we'll see you next time.